welcome to another episode of studying through fresh peter um our focus topic today is god's choosing people with a purpose god's choosing people with a purpose our scripture is taken from first peter chapter 2 verse 9 it's raised but you are not like that for you are a chosen people you are a kingdom of priests god's holy nation this is his very own possession this is so you can show others the goodness of god you can show others what the goodness of god for he calls you out of darkness into his is into his wonderful light so the word of god help us to understand that you and i we are we are not like that what is that what is he talking about because there is something that you're thinking that you are like the god is telling you that you are not like that you might be thinking that you are barren you might be thinking that you are forsaken you might be thinking that you are an outcast you might be thinking that you are nobody but god is telling you that you are not like that for you are a choosing person in other words god has chosen you you are a kingdom of what priest god's holy nation imagine you being a whole nation his very own possession this is so you can show others the goodness of god and so god shows the reason why he chose you here in other words he shows you to show others the goodness of god so if others must know must know that god is good they must know it through you if others must know that god is powerful they must look at you they must identify that through you if others must know that god is faithful they must identify that through you he said, for he calls you out of darkness into his wonderful light. In other words, once you were in darkness, but now you have come into his wonderful light. The glory of God is upon you. The light of God is upon you. The fire of God is around you. You are a choosing person for a purpose. Now we need to understand the meaning of God's choosing people the term refers to choice of person by god for a particular role or office such as priests when we read deuteronomy 18 verse 5 it says for the lord your god choose the tribe of Levi out of all the tribes to minister in the lord's name forever he chooses them to do what to minister he chooses them to do what minister in the lord's name forever and not just choose them like that but he choose them to do something to serve in his name not in the name of man not in the name of others but in his own name and for what forever so you know when god appoints you he appoints you forever when he chooses you he chooses you forever when he calls you he calls you to come and stay and then when we also continue it also means the choosing vessels the choosing vessel that god can inhabit that god can dwell in when we read uh, 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 Deuteronomy 12, 13 to 14, it says, Be careful not to s- sacrifice your burnt offering just anywhere. So you are the one that God has chosen to sacrifice his burnt offering into. You are that destination that he has chosen to dwell. You are that destination that he has chosen to perform his wonders. You are that destination that he has chosen to perform his signs and wonders, his miracles, his, 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 his wonders. So people must see his wonders through you. People must see his miracle through you. Through you. People must see his glory through you. So you are that mediator. You are that that individual that representing God on earth. 
So if others must believe that there is God, you are the contact that people will look and see and know that there is God. They are those who establish, who have established what? Intimate relationship with God. So God's choosing people are those who have established an intimate relationship with God. When we read Romans chapter 5, verse 10 to 11, say, I mean, for to 12, we say, For since you were restored to friendship with God by the death of his son, while you were still his enemies, we will certainly be delivered from internal punishment by his life. So, in other words, you and I were enemies once. But you has been restored now, and you have be- you became friend to God. We are now friend to God, and so because of the friendship, we shall escape the internal punishment for sin by the death of Christ on the cross of Calvary. He continues to read. He says, "So now we can we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God, all because." Of what our Lord Jesus Christ has done for us in making us friends to God so we are no longer enemies to God we are friends to God you can stand and call upon the name of God what you want you can ask God and he will give it to you he will comfort you he will console you he will provide for you he will heal you he will bless you he will elevate you why why because you are his friend you are his friend so feel free to talk to him feel free to tell him what you want Feel free to call upon his name. Do not hide anything from him because you are his friend now. The term also has a link with the Hebrew word Baha and mean to choose. It also means to choose, to love, to delight in, bring near, set aside, sanctify, and single out. So when the scripture says uh, you are the choosing people, it means therefore God's choosing people are those God has singled out. It means God has singled you out. It means God has set you aside. It means God has sanctified you. It means God has loved you. It means God has taken delight in you and bring you closer to Him for what? A unique purpose. For a unique purpose. So He's not just single you out. He's not just called you. He's not just loves you. He's not just sanctify you. He did not just bring you closer to Him, but He brought you closer to Him for a unique purpose. Now, for every individual that God chooses out, there is what commitment and a purpose. Now, we need to start with the commitment. You see, every person chosen by God is committed to the following. Number one, you are committed to a covenant. A covenant is a binding agreement between two parties and entails varieties of responsibility, benefits, and penalties. For every covenant, there is what? A responsibility. There is a benefit and there are penalties. For breaking the covenant, let's read uh, from Genesis chapter 17. We will start from verse 14. We see what happened now. Verse 14 reads, Verse 4, sorry, read. He said, This is my covenant with you. I will make you the father of not just one nation, but a multitude of nations. We see the covenant between God and Abraham here. We see the covenant. And when we continue to read from verse 4, verse 5, sorry, it reads, He said, What's more, I am changing your name. It will no longer be what? Abraham. Now you will be known as Abraham, for you will be the father of many nations. We see the symbols. We see the sign of the covenant. God revealed to him. God showed the sign of the covenant. And when we continue to verse 6 to 8, he said, I will give you millions of descendants who will represent many nations. Kings will be among them. 
and I will continue this everlasting covenant between us. So we see the benefit of the covenant. And let's come to 9 verse 9. We see the responsibility that God gave Abraham. Your part of the agreement, God told Abraham, is to obey the terms of the covenants. Your part of the agreement is to do what? Obey the terms of the covenants. You and all your descendants have this continued responsibility. So in other words, because God extend the covenant to the descendants, he also extend what? The responsibility to the descendants. And you and I can prove me right that we are the seed of Abraham. So he continue the, the, the responsibility to them because he continued the covenant to them. So for every covenant, for every chosen person, you have a covenant with God. And for every covenant, there is a responsibility to obey what God says. There is a responsibility to obey. You must obey. So, in other words, God has his own part. And we have our own part. Even in the new covenant, God has his own part. And God can never play our own part. And you can never do God's own part. Yes, it is true that God can do everything. But there is one thing that he cannot do. He cannot believe for you. You need to believe for yourself. You need to believe for yourself. You need to obey for yourself. And we see in verse 14, what are the penalties here? You see, anyone who refuses to, to be circumcised will be cut off from the covenant family for violating what? The covenant. This is the penalty. Failing to what? Failing to comply. You will cut off. You will cut off from the covenant. And it's a penalty. And so for every covenant, there is a responsibility and there is a penalty. And now when we look at Abraham also as an example, in, um, in Nehemiah chapter 9 verse 7, it says, You are God who chose Abraham and brought him from Ur of the Chaldeans and renew, renamed him Abraham. When he had proved himself faithful, you made a covenant with him to give him and his descendant the land of the Canaanite, Hittite, Amorite, Pizite, etc., etc., and you have done what you promised, for you are always true to your word. You have done what you have promised. But before God did what He promised, let's see what happened. The word of God helps to understand that when He had proved Himself faithful, you made a covenant. When He had proved Himself faithful, and all the scripture is trying to say, when Abraham had made Himself faithful, you fulfill your vow to Him, you fulfill your promise to Him. When he made himself faithful. So you and I, we must remain faithful. And one of the key to faithfulness is obedience. There is no obedience without faithfulness. And so if we want to see the hand of God upon our life, we need to be faithful to the word of God. We need to be faithful to God himself. And all we do, we need to be accountable. We need to be honest. Integrity. We need these things. And so God will walk with us. And when we come back to the New Testament, we see what happened in the New Testament. God is trying to tell us here the difference between the Old and the New Testament. And I believe the New Testament is very unique. Second Corinthians 3 verse 9. It says, If the Old Covenant, which brings condemnation, was glorious. It brings condemnation, but what? It was glorious. Why it brings condemnation? You will know that one later. It says, How much more glorious is the New Covenant, which makes us right with God? In fact, in fact, the old covenant and the new covenant does what? Make us right with God. And it continues to say, In fact, that first glory was not glory at all compared with the overwhelming glory of the new covenant. So you cannot compare the old covenant with the new covenant. 
the new covenant the blood of jesus the new testament the word testament means covenant or agreement jesus christ to us in his blood there is the new agreement and so it erases our sins it removes our sins we are not killing lamb we're not killing cows we're not killing animals in order for our sins to be forgiven it has power power to give life it gives lives the old testament cannot give life but the new one gave life and redeem us from every aspect of our life once our soul is saved every aspect of our life is saved glory to god and so now we come to our responsibility our purpose which is the mission the mission why when god calls us when he chooses us he gives us a mission that every one of us must has accomplished every person chosen by god has a mission to accomplish when when we read isaiah 43 verse 10 we see what's happened there and uh, it said but you are my witness O israel says the lord and you are my servants you have been choosing to know me you see god chose them to do what to know him believe in him and understand that i alone am god so you see when he chooses the israelites he gave them assignment he chose them for, with a purpose for a purpose to know him believe in him and understand that he is god alone today also god wants you to know him god wants you to believe in him and god wants you to have that assurance that he alone is god he alone is god and there is no one like him because when you know until you know god before you make others others to know him there is no way you will make others to know god when you don't know him until you know him until you know god before you experience the power of god until you know god before you see the glory of god until you know god before you see the glory of god and so christ is that example Christ is that example. Let's read Isaiah chapter 2, verse 1. He said, Look at my servant, whom I have strengthened. He is my chosen one, and I am pleased with him. I have put my spirit upon him. He will reveal justice to the nations. So you see, that was Jesus Christ that Isaiah chapter 2 was talking about. The fundamental mission of Christ on earth was to fulfill God's plan, not man's plan. To seek and to save the lost. So even Jesus Christ has a mission to seek what? And to save the world. According to 1 John chapter 10, verse 9, down to 11, he says, Yes, I am the gate. Jesus Christ was speaking. I am what? The gate. Those who come into me will be saved. Those who come into him will be saved. So in other words, his mission was to save. The world saved me to rescue. The world saved me to deliver. The world saved me to salvage. To redeem us. So, wherever they go, they will find green pastures. Wherever they go, they will do what? Find green pastures, the sheep that follow Jesus Christ. The thief purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. So even the thief, the, the, the devil, have a purpose. And Jesus Christ said, My purpose is to give life in all its fullness. I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep hallelujah so jesus christ's mission was to come and lay down his life to to give you life and to redeem you so every one of us chosen by god have a unique purpose it's not just to come and stand by him it's not just to say oh yes god has chosen me it's not just to say i am a believer 
or I believe in our Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth and his dead in his burial and resurrection now but you have an assignment yes one of the assignments is for you to believe and but you have an assignment to make others believe the Samaritan woman did it he came across Jesus Christ he did not stop there he went and told others he said come and see what the Lord have come and see come and see through her the whole village was saved so what is your testimony you have a testimony that must change others life you have a testimony that should change the lives of the youth of our nations you have a testimony that will change that our generation you have something in you that a generation need you continue and one thing I want you to understand Jesus he knew that God's plan for him was to die on the cross as an atonement for the sin of the world and to raise again from the dead in victory over sin and death he came to save sinners he ate with them talked with them showed them love in order to win them to Christ and so Jesus Christ came and he was focused to his mission he was focused to his purpose and so today as the Lord has chosen us we are God's chosen people for a purpose and so we must focus to our purpose we must focus to our agenda we have an agenda agenda to save the world agenda to call sinners to repentance agenda to 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 to, to let our character speak our attitude speak that people will read us and know that there is God because if people have to know that there is God you are the one the representative of God on earth that people must see and know that there is God you are that different in our society. You are that brother, that sister that should bring a change and an impact in our society. When everybody says this, when everybody decides to sin, you should stand for righteousness. That people should know that there is a God who hates sin and loves righteousness. Okay, when we read Luke chapter 5, verse 32, we say, I have come to call sinners to turn from their sins. Not to spend my time with those who think they are already good enough. So Jesus Christ never came to spend time with those who think they are saved. But he came, he focused to those who were in sin. And so your attention, your targets, your ministry, you focus to sinners. You focus to sinners to save the lost souls. But today we have so many things that we are doing that does not bring glory to God. That is not even needful in the churches. So many activities that, 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 that is not even needful. We are so focused about the world. We are so focused about how many tithes and offerings we should make. I see if God wants... I'm, I'm not against it. Yes, we need it to build the kingdom of God. We need it to help those who do not have. But our focus, our agendas must not be on fundraising too much. It must focus on the soul. So... We must make money to win the souls. In Jesus' name. So therefore, our mission as God's choosing is the great commission. Hallelujah. The proclamation and demonstration of the true gospel to every nation and tribes. That is what we should focus on. Matthew 28 verse 19 to 20 tells us this one. It said, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit teach these new disciples to obey to do what to obey all the commands i have given you and be sure of this i am with you look at the assurance that you have you're not going alone 
but Jesus Christ is with you. He is with you. That's the assurance. That is the confidence that you have. So get up right now. Go. Go. There are people who need to hear about Jesus Christ. There are people who need to give their life. There are people that are about to commit suicide. There are people in the hospital. There are people in the prison that need to know this Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Up to now, they have not known him yet. And you are that individual that must take this message to them. The word of God says faith coming by hearing, hearing the word of God. And so if they do not hear how their lives will change, how they will be saved until they hear, they hear the word, until they hear before the believer, until they believe before they are saved. And so you are that car. You should take and deliver those messages to these people. The conclusion that God's chosen people will have a unique purpose of proclaiming and demonstrating the gospel of Christ in a manner that sinners will repent. So I want to encourage you today. God loves you so much. He cares for you. He not only chooses you, He chooses you for a purpose. And so, get up your feet. Exercise that purpose. Time is no longer in our favor. Jesus Christ is coming. One day you shall give account what you have done to this your body. What you have done. And the scripture says, I was sick. Did you visit me? I was hungry. Did you feed me? I was naked. Did you clothe me? And so these are the things. These are Every one of us shall give account tomorrow. And one of the most accountability that we will be accountable the gift that God has given us, that what He has called us to do, the purposes that He has called us to do. Today, some of you are re- re- refusing, re- rejecting the call of God upon your life. I want you to know that Jesus loves you. He cares for you. He will never forsake you. Come on. Love Him. Live for Him. And He will see your life blessing. I pray for that grace upon your life. And I pray for the glory of God, the fire of God, that you need to reach out to this gospel. May it rest upon you now. God bless you. In Jesus' name. Watch out for our next episode.